Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. And seek him this morning. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 21, the Bible says, About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that the disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were troubled far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke. To them at once, don't be afraid, he said, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. Verse 30 says, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped, and the disciples worshiped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, It's Time to Walk on Water. Look at somebody and say, it's time. Amen. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word, God. Thank you for your spirit. Lord, I thank you for supernatural life-changing power. And I pray today in Jesus' name, God, that you would anoint me to preach sound doctrine. God, let me say things that would glorify you. God, bless my mouth and my mind. Strengthen my body, Lord, and give us ears to hear what you say. Father, I pray that you would teach us today by your spirit, from your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's time to walk on water. Now, I spent time this morning listening to my boy, Bruce Buffer, the announcer for UFC, the ring announcer. He comes out there, and he tells everybody, ladies and gentlemen, it's the main event. And, and then he goes into his speech, and he starts talking about it, and then he, gets, then he says those two words uh, that is our theme for 2021. It's time. And I want to tell you something. You need to wake up this morning and realize for you, in your spiritual life, it's time. It's time for you to take your next step forward. It's time for you to advance in Christ. It's time for you to start becoming and being the man, the woman, the young person that God created you to be. Because too many people are still living in gonna-do land. You've been around long enough, you've heard me preach about gonna-do land. I'm going to tell you something, nothing happens in gonna-do land. 
people tell, I've heard people tell me so often, people come in and I get to know them. They're like, oh, Pastor Scott, I used to preach in my former church. I used to teach. I used to deacon. I used to usher. I'm like, cool, we can use some of all that. Sit on the pew forever. Oh, Pastor Scott, I used to leave worship in my former church. Won't even come up here and sing, in, sing on the praise team. Oh, I, I used to, and I asked people, I said, well, when, when, when are you going to start doing it? Well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. As soon as my kids get out of high school, I'm going to get involved in prayer ministry. As soon, soon, soon as you know, I go through whatever, I'm going to start coming to men's Bible study. As soon as I do this, that, and the other thing, I'm going to do. Listen, that's going to do land. That's a trick. Procrastination is the trick of the devil. He can't stop you if you're saved, but he, he can slow you down. He, he, he can't halt you, but he can hinder you. And I want to try to wake you up. With this 2021 theme, it's time because if you take an honest look at yourself, don't you realize it's time to get on with the getting on? Don't you realize it's time for you to lead somebody else to Christ? Don't you realize it's time for you to truly walk in the full manifestation that God has for you and for your family? Let's look at this historical account today, but I want to look at this historical account as an analogy. Now, typically, I preach from a, a very uh, Augustinian hermeneutic. I read the scripture and just go line by line, phrase by phrase, read a passage of scripture, take it word by word, and tell you what the Bible is saying, even as Ezra did in the Old Testament. And, and the priests then they would stand up before the people on a pulpit made of wood, read the scripture, and cause it to make sense. Sometimes I preach uh, with an Alexandrian hermeneutic, which is to take what the scripture says and make application from it with some type of modern story. That's a dangerous form, but it's a form that Jesus used. We can trust when Jesus did it. Uh, it's a dangerous form of preaching because you can pull from here, pull from there, pull from there, and make it say anything you want. So you guys be the people that God wants you to be, and let's look at this together, and you see if what I'm saying is the Holy Ghost or not. Amen? But we're going to look at this as an analogy. We've looked at it before. We're going to look at it again today. I see some, some interesting parallels inside this story for present application today. Some, some interesting analogies. And I want to talk to you today about living life on a God kind of level. Now, if I had the time uh, and, and I just... If you and you had the honesty, I would just go around the whole room. I start with Miss Irene and, and, and work all the way back to Hugo and just ask people, are you really living an abundant life? Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. This is life on a higher realm. This is the God kind of life. Are you really living? Here's a phrase that used to be used a lot in the 80s and 90s. People realized they weren't doing it, so they quit writing books about it. The spirit-filled life. Are you living a spirit-filled life? Are you living a supernatural life? Are you living an empowered life where when you walk in the room, people know you just brought the power of God with you? Because that's our job. That's part of what we're supposed to do. We're his hands and feet, and we represent him everywhere we go. And he said, go and be salt and light. And salt flavors everything it touches. And light brightens everything it, it shines on. And when we go about our business, we should be flavoring and brightening everything we see and everywhere we go. I wonder, are you bringing light with you where you go? Now, if we just went through this and said, now, are you really doing that? Well, preacher, I'm going to do it. <laughs> now we're back in going to do land. 
So I want to talk to you about uh, how we can walk on water. You say, Pastor Scott, do you really believe we could walk on water? I come to testify to you today that I know this is the sermon God put in my heart for sure, and I have already walked on water this morning because when I came down that sidewalk along this building, there were four inches of water there, and I walked straight across all of it and got in the door. But that's not the guy. You're like, I walked through the parking lot in nine feet. We, hey, I thank God you parked on Lake George today. And for locals, that's funny because there's a Lake George down the street, but we got Lake Georgetown in our driveway. I tell Minister Cherry, uh, like y'all ain't here, we're just talking as friends. Uh, we decided a long time ago, instead of putting all our money into our facilities and to our parking lot, we keep sending money to these missionaries all around the world and keep investing in the community. Anybody glad that we got a nasty parking lot? <laughs> well, I know you're glad we do the right thing with the money, but I want you to understand that Christians should be living a supernatural life. You can know that the church is not where it needs to be. Church all over the world. Because when somebody gets fired up, you can tell. When somebody gets in love with Jesus, you're like, oh, have you met sister so-and-so? She loves the Lord. Oh, she's fired up. How can you tell she's fired up if you're fired up? Y'all didn't hear me. Let me come on this side. If, 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 she, if, if her excitement is so obvious, isn't that a signal to you that your excitement is not where it needs to be? Because if you're as fired up and as excited as her, you just think, well, I'm safe, she's safe. This is how we all ought to be. But too many people are not living this God-powered life, this spirit-filled life. And I want us to look at it today through this story. This is the kind of life the Bible says we should be living. Now, I'm going to take some things, and I'm going to let them represent some things. Y'all know me. If you've been around for a while, uh, when I read the Bible, lots of times I see movies in my mind. I, I, I see the characters, and I see it played out visually in my mind, and different things represent different things in my movie. Well, in my movie today, there's a boat. Say boat. There's a boat. Jesus sent the disciples away in a boat, and so there's a large group of people who say they're following Jesus, and we know for sure one of them wasn't. There's a large group of people who say, one-twelfth of them, let's do the math on that in this room. You decide what part you're in. Uh, we, they're a large group of people following Jesus, and so they say they're following Jesus, and they're in a what? They're in a boat. So we're going to talk a little bit about the boat, and the boat is going to represent the average church crowd and the average church person. And some of y'all need, everyone needs to find yourself in the story today. You need to find yourself inside this text. You need to be honest about where you are because the first step in solving a problem is to identify it. So maybe you are part of this boat crowd. They're just floating along doing their thing. They, they, they don't want anybody, listen, here's what church is. And, 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 and Minister Cherry knows this. Judy, you know this from pastoring for de decades. Uh, church folk never want you to rock the boat. They just, be easy, preacher. Let's don't get too fired up. You new Christians coming here, don't, hey, don't make all these old saints look bad by, by really worshiping God. You know, then you make people feel bad they didn't have their hands up. Uh, the, 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 the average church crowd, they, they don't want anybody to rock the boat. They don't want anything going on. They're resistant to change. 
Well, we never did it that way before. Well, you probably should have. But they, they don't want any change. They, they're scared of too much movement. Listen, if you've ever been in a boat, a small boat, for just a handful of people, and somebody stands up, the first thing somebody says, hey, oh, hey, hey. Just, hey. Don't, sit down. Don't get carried away in here. And listen, there are people in this room petrified that Holy Ghost revival would break out. Petrified that people would really begin to hallel praise God. Petrified that somebody might really, like, like you say in the old church, catch the Holy Ghost and get excited. Now you can't catch the Holy Ghost, but catch up to where I am. Church folk, man, they're in the boat. They're content to be in the boat. They've got their seat. They have got their seat. You most of y'all sit in the same place y'all sat last week. It's like, well, this is my seat. Listen, don't tell a visitor that's your seat. I keep waiting on a bunch of visitors to walk in and sit on the front row and make Elder Jimmy decide he's going to follow the teaching and just sit somewhere else. I mean, he's been plugging that seat down for so long. But I like to see you in the same spot. Let me be able to, you, you, you threw me, sister. You all over here. Now you're in the back. I, I don't think I ever saw you sit in that chair before. But church folk, man, they, they, they want to be in their seat. They don't want a lot of change. They want status quo. They're just content to drift along, not really accomplishing much because they got their drift along buddies with them. And so they feel like doing my thing. Now, Peter, he's going to represent something, too. Peter is going to represent who we ought to be. Peter is going to represent that spirit-filled Christian. Peter's going to represent that dare-to-be-different Christian. Peter's going to represent that I got to get to Jesus no matter what Christian. Peter's going to represent that if y'all don't go with me, I'm going without you. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? He's going to represent that I got to have Jesus Christian. And, oh, do you know if we had just eight people like that, we could change the world? What did they say? I've been a handful of people that was following Jesus. These, these, these uneducated, these ignorant, unlearned men have turned the world upside down for Jesus. Where, where, where's the handful of people turning the world? Where's the handful of people turning Jacksonville upside down for Jesus? Oh, no, the boat's rocking already. Some of you are like, mm, it's going to be one of them days. Hey, it's going to be one of them days. Peter is going to represent the right kind of Christian, the sold-out child of God, uh, the one who, who's willing to pay whatever cost, including getting embarrassed, including doing something he's never done before, including going somewhere he's never been before, including stepping out by faith when no one else will. Oh, you ought to want to be that kind of believer. But I want to find yourself because here's the reality. Today, now I'm talking to saved people this morning. Today, if you're a Christian, and there's some lost people in this story too. We'll get to that before we get done. But if you are a Christian, you're either in the boat or you're on the water. Now, if I had my water meter y'all know I got meters in the closet for everything. I hang them around your neck. It gauges me up where you are. If, if, I, just, if I just started with my water meter and I just walk down and I hang it on Sister Nancy's neck and I, I water, boat, water, uh, her, her, her. Her husband and her son are like, well, my mom's on the water. Oh, compared to you, she's been on the water. Uh, that's just a joke. I'm messing with them. Uh, but if I started with, with Nancy and I went all the way back to Carolina, 
and find out, are you, you ought to know right now. See, here's the reality, and I've been telling you all this for years. If we ever came in here, if everybody in this room right now was prayed up, paid up, and ready to go up, if everybody in this room had been reading their Bible, saying their prayers, making good choices all week long, if everybody in this room had spent hours throughout the week worshiping and praising God, if you already had your tithe and your offering written out in your pocket right now and you just came to praise the Lord, I could just announce what I've announced already. I could throw the microphone down. We repent on the altar and we can shout our way out of here. But both folk need to be preached to because it's like a lullaby that helps them get good sleep. And I'm like that old preacher. I believe everybody will get something out of church when they come, even if it's a good nap. And some of y'all already got a good nap, and I ain't even got started yet. Boat folk. Where are you? Are you on the boat or are you on the water? Man, I don't even need my water meter to know. The majority of people claiming the name of Christ are not walking on water. They're not living a supernatural life. They even doubt the supernatural. They're not walking in miracles. They're, they're, they're not talking about the supernatural life-changing power of God. God has healed some of y'all of some stuff, and you've testified about it, but you don't go everywhere you go telling people about it. You're over it. You're done with it. God made a supernatural delivery for you, deliverance for you, and you told three people, and now you haven't spoke about it again. You need to start telling your story. What did Apostle Paul do? Everywhere he went, he kept telling his testimony. We need to learn how to live on this supernatural lifestyle. So the boat, natural. The water, supernatural. Dudes that stayed in the boat, listen, the majority are boat folk. You want to know what boat folk look like? Look in the mirror or look around you. If you want to know what water walkers look like, you're going to have to search far and wide because they are few and far between. But I want to give you five reasons this morning to get out of the boat. Because I'm going to try to pry some of y'all out of the boat. Some of y'all are too comfortable. You just maintain it. Listen, maintenance mode is the trick of the devil. God didn't want you to maintain anything. God wants you to advance something. The Bible says since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has been advancing. And, and uh, one version says, and the violence advanced it by force. You've got to move forcefully to increase and advance in the kingdom of God. And God's plan for all of us is to go from glory to glory. That's one level of where you are with God to a higher level. And I, I would ask you, but some of y'all would lie and some of y'all wouldn't say amen and you hurt my feelings. But is anybody? ready to go to a higher level of glory in God. I just need five honest people in the room, all right? Amen. Let's look at it. Five reasons why you should get out of the boat. Number one, it's dull in the boat. It's just dull. It's dull in the boat, floating along. Listen, this is not some motorized boat. This, this, I, my, my jet ski's in the shop right now. I was looking at a new jet ski. Here's the wild thing, because y'all been on my jet ski. Uh, fast that jet ski's 2006 when i first got that jet ski when we were riding on the lake together and it does 72 miles an hour the government must have stepped in and limited them down fastest jet ski production jet ski right now is only doing 67. I'm like well i want to get a new one that's slower than mine but but anyway it's not some the boat they were in it's not some turbocharged my jet ski does zero to 60 in 2.3 seconds when you hit the hole shot, the entire thing flies up out of the water. True or false, Seth? The whole thing just long. And if you stay wide open, we used to call it Batmaning. We, we just stay on the throttle, boom, 
it would hit, and it would just bounce across as, as, as long as one. This isn't one of those kind of powerful boats. This is a no-motor-having boat. This is an engineless boat. This is a not-going-anywhere boat. This, this is just barely moving along. It's dull in the boat. Look at somebody say it's dull. And that's how religion is. Most people that are in churches today don't have Jesus. They don't have the spirit of the living God on the inside of them. They've got religion. And there's nothing more boring than religion. Let me tell you, if you start coming to church, even if you're unsaved, I want you to come to church and get saved. But if you keep coming to church as an unsaved person, let me tell you what's going to happen. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be boring, and you're going to get bitter. It's going to be boring, you're going to get bitter. It's going to clutter your calendar up. Oh, man up again. Oh, we got to come out there. Uh, oh, fellowship night. Oh, baptism night. It's a calendar. It's going to clutter up your calendar. It's going to get you talking about people you don't like. You're going to become, become one of those church people that badmouth folks. You're going to be roasting the preacher for lunch. It's just boring. Church without Jesus is dull life in an engineless boat. And that's why churches try so hard to entertain people. See, if everybody in the room was saved today, if everybody in this room was saved, sanctified, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and in love with Jesus, I, we wouldn't have to sing you happy. You wouldn't care if it was the worst sound service in the world. You wouldn't care if the PowerPoint didn't work. You wouldn't care if the air conditioner didn't work. You wouldn't care if the preacher couldn't preach. You would just be fired up for Jesus. What right. is hot in here, though? <laughs> we need to well, make sure the air is running. Um, and if I faint, y'all call it the Holy Ghost. Throw money on the altar. Life in the boat is boring. Religion is boring. This life, this trying to, trying to pretend like you're a Christian but don't have the power of God moving you on a regular basis, that's just hard. But churches are so filled up with lost folk, comfortable lost I want lost people to be in this church. I want you to bring lost people with you every time you come. But I want them to get saved. Come lost, but don't stay lost. Come lost, but, but get saved and get changed and get filled with God so you change. But churches, churches that want to fill seats, churches that want to pack them in, churches whose main goal is to have a large attendance and a low impact, because if you start asking people to have a high impact, that means they got to show up for food and clothing on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Uh, but churches that just want to have a big show on Sunday, they, they can't really look for... Uh, the, the, just, just biblical truth, they got to add entertainment. Say entertainment. Churches try to entertain people to draw more people in. And that's why we don't do entertainment here because we, we want one thing to draw you in, and that is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Because I learned early. Dr. Lindsay told me early at, at the Great Fellowship Baptist Church downtown Jacksonville when he was alive. Uh, he, he was preaching a pastor's conference, and he called everybody boys. I called all the young preachers preacher boys, or he'd just say boys. He said, boys, remember this. When you're pastoring, whatever you draw them with is what you're going to have to keep them with. If you're going to draw them in with games and, and, and toys and tricks and schemes and marketing and production and promotion, don't expect that they're just going to stay for the Word of God. So... There's, there's, a little, there's a little Bible lesson for everybody. We don't do a lot of entertainment at Abundant Life, but churches, man, here, here's what churches are doing, looking for more activities. They're, they're looking to add more activities. We, we've entertained children so long in churches that churches started building gymnasiums so the adults could get some entertainment. 
And this is what modern church looks like. The uh, all types of entertainment going on in the church, but I came to remind you this morning, it's not entertainment that we need. We don't need more activity. We need more anointing. We don't need more programs to keep us busy. We need more power to keep us moving in God's kingdom because it's dull in the boat. And here's the thing. If you're saved and you've been dealing with life and you've been letting life climb up on you and you've realized that you're stuck in this lifeless boat and you're not as fired up as you used to be and you're not as fired up as you know God wants you to be, you ought to be sick of where you are. It's time to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. It's time to say, you know what? I've been on cruise control maintenance mode long enough. I've been in a rut long enough. I've been living normal long enough. Because if you're saved, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you, and He's just trying to remind you all the time. There's power in God. There's power in the name of God. And you're just living this lifeless, listless boat life. You ought to be ready to say, you know what? I'm ready for God to move in me. It's just dull in the boat. Number two, it's guilt-ridden in the boat. Say guilt. Oh, ain't nothing more guilty than a bunch of non-spirit-filled churchgoers that are not living on God's highest level, but they keep showing up every week. Oh, that's a guilty life. That's a guilty. You know you're not who you're supposed to be, and so you either get mad at yourself or you get mad at the preacher. And you know you're not going to get mad at yourself, so go ahead and you know, throw rocks at me. Because you come in not doing what you ought to do. You're living that Adam's family life. You're going to do what you want to do, say what you want to say, dance how you want to dance, play how you want to play. And then you hear the word of God tell you that you should be doing this, that, and the other. And you're like, hmm, I'm not doing that. So there's there's a guilt factor. The boat's full of guilt-ridden people. They're disappointed in their own lives, so they start hacking up other people. They find somebody who's not as bored as they are, who's not as lifeless as they are, who's, who's not as limited as they are, and they start saying, hmm, oh, he thinks he's, oh, he just thinks he's God, don't he? I, I, I want you to start telling people this. I started telling people this long ago. They, st- they stopped calling me. My phone don't ring as much as it used to because I just started telling people the truth. And when somebody says, oh, I just, I don't know about sister so-and-so. Uh, she, she just one of them holier-than-thou people. And here's what I, anybody tells me that, I'll just fire this back at them. Uh, or what you're really trying to say is, she's holier than you, and you don't like it. Guilt-ridden in the boat. People, they, they, they're just upset. They, they, they hack into other people. They hack into the preach. Oh, look at it. I'm just as good as him. I could do that. Oh, well, you could. You quit smoking, drinking, whoring, fornicating. You start reading your Bible every now and then. You live a life sanctified, dedicated to God. Ain't no telling what God could do with you. He already said the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth looking for one person whose heart is loyal to him so God can show himself strong on your behalf. Why wouldn't you want to be that person? Man, I don't like trifling folk. I don't like half-stepping folk. I never like playing on teams with with half-committed people. I I like people who who want to. Now, we got Coach Green in the back. Don't you want a player who would just look at you and say, let me have the ball, coach. Trust me for this last. Everybody wants that guy on their team. Everybody like, oh, don't, don't ask me to shoot the final shot, coach, because I'm going to miss. What you doing on the team? <laughs> I just want to ride the bench this year because, you know, I just want the uniform, but I don't want to sweat. Get off the team. Well, I just want to sit in the boat of church pews and chairs 
I want the air to be right. I don't want you to preach too long. Ha, ha, ha. Came to the wrong church for that. Uh, don't want to get involved. Man, it's just it, because you, you feel so guilty, and then you just start getting bitter, and you start talking bad about people. Then you start saying stuff that's not true. Mm. They don't love it. I, I, I might be blah, 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 but I love God just as much as them. Really? Really? Do you? Or do you just say you do? What Jesus say? Why call you me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things that I say? See, it's, it's time to put the hay down where the goats can get it because people in the boat, they, they feel guilty. So they do what boat folk do. They find other boat folk who are just like them. And, 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 they, and, they, and they row up with them. They get in rows with them. If you've ever been on a cruise ship and you tried to talk to people, you, you end up finding people that you have common interest in. And you end up sitting with them. You maybe even eat meals with them throughout the cruise ship. But this is what people do in the guilt-ridden boat. And so you, you find people in church who have your same issue. See, like attracts like. Gossipers want to sit on the, on, the, on the boat row full of gossipers. So you got somebody to talk to. I'm telling you, I'm going to save you some embarrassment. Don't come in my office crying. Pastor Scott, I just don't know why. It just seems like people just tell me. All the time, people are just gossiping to me. Like, I want to hear it. I just don't know why. It's like everybody gets want to talk bad. They just, they just come to me and dump it all on me. I, I'm going to save you some time and embarrassment on that because I'm going to just let you know. People typically only deposit garbage in a trash can. What about you made them think you're a trash can? What about you made them think you were going to accept their gossip? Listen, you would get kicked off the gossipers row in the boat if you tell them gossip ain't holy. They'd be like, mm, he can't sit with us no more. We're going to have to move him up. That's okay. There's room on the smokers row. <laughs> Got to have a smoking section on the boat. Some of y'all ain't lived long enough to remember when restaurants had smoking sections. And if you didn't smoke, you wanted to be as far away from that line of boundary as you could because this booth was non-smoking. This booth was smoking. And if this booth was smoking, you were smelling it. And there's a smoking section on every church boat. And the smokers, they just pile up in it. And, and, and they just do what boat folk do because they're guilty. And I told y'all before, I ain't got no problem with people who smoke cigarettes. Everybody's got an issue. Nobody's perfect but Jesus. Don't cut. Oh, Pastor Scott, I didn't realize that Brother So-and-so was still smoking. <laughs> Did you realize you were still gossiping, judging, hating? So there's a smoking section on every boat. And the smokers, they like to sit together because the smokers, they're guilty too. And they're boat folk. And they, they well, you know, they, 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 they think bad about me because I smoke cigarettes. But, you know, at, at, at least I don't do what so-and-so does. Oh, boat folk love to justify whatever it is. And you get on the row that fits you, whatever row it is, the drinking row, the hoe row. There's a hoe row in every boat. There's a hoe row in every boat. Listen, you think you ain't a hoe? Look around you. You on the hoe row. These, they think they're more holy than me. I just like to dress this way. Well, sure you do. Putting all your goods on display. I already told you. 
Listen, you don't have to wear a dress to come to church. You don't have to wear a suit to come to church. Wear something that covers up your body. Don't come naked. Don't come all hanging out. But the whole road, they like to sit together. The drinkers, well, you know they got to sit together because they want to talk Scripture to each other. Because every drunk knows at least one Scripture. The Bible said, take some wine for thy stomach's sake. I'm just being biblical. So you got the drinking row. You got all these different rows, and they're all guilty, but they all sit around convincing each other that they're not that bad, and it don't take all that. And these new people, and here's literally what happens. This is what church people want, and you might be guilty of it. You need to identify today. Church people, when somebody gets saved, fired up, filled with the Holy Ghost, they keep saying, well, she'll calm down eventually. We're going to keep her seat right over here. Especially if they were lost in church and hanging out with you and both y'all thought y'all were saved. Now that person making you look bad. Because, oh, well, if she just got saved and we are similar, maybe, oh, there's just this guilt all over the place. But you want to think, oh, they'll calm down and they're going to come back to your seat. They're just trying to cover up the guilt because here's one thing they all know. They ain't winning nobody to Jesus. The mission of Christ, he said in Luke 19, 10, I've come to seek and save that which is lost. And if you're not personally involved in sharing your faith, I got a newsflash for you, extra, extra, read all about it. You're on the non-soul winning row. You're dead in the middle of the boat, and you're surrounded by boat people. You, you, if you're not a soul winner, you're not a water walker. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. That's our co-mission. It's his mission. We're on this co-mission with him. The great commission is that we would do what he came to do, which was reach men and women, boys and girls, with the life-changing gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So if you want to know how close you are to the Lord this morning, I want you to look around at your friends because both folk know how to criticize each other. And if the people that you're hanging around aren't fully in love with God, uh, there's a really good chance that you're not either because I learned something early in my Christian walk. I I never had this issue. I have people ask me, Pastor, now that I'm saved, what am I going to do about all my unsaved friends? I still love them. They're going to want me to hang out. with. No, they're not. No, they are not. Not if you're saved. No, don't don't they, Jimmy? Jimmy said, no, they wash their hands of me. They don't want me coming around, everybody getting high, and I'm, I'm just harsh in their buzz. They don't want me coming around telling them God is better than being drunk all the time. They don't want me coming around telling them they know party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. They don't want me coming around telling them that they need to find peace with God. Mm, no. They, 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 they just want to stay in their seat on the boat. Look at who you're hanging around. You'll find out. Third reason that you need to get out of the boat. It's unproductive in the boat it's unproductive in the boat (sighs) therapists have determined I've told y'all this before that the there's some basic questions that humanity deals with and they've boiled it down to just a few throughout the ages all humans have dealt with this from every race every tribe every background every part of the world who am I where did I come from and what am I here for And if you're not doing something bigger than what you've been doing, you are unproductive. And an unproductive life is an unfulfilled life. And an unproductive life is a stuck-in-the-boat life. If you're in a little boat with too many people, no room to move around, somebody starts moving around, everybody wants them to sit down, tell them stop rocking the boat. We don't want all that activity. 
We just want to sit here and feel comfortable. Listen, Jesus didn't die on the cross so you could feel comfortable. Jesus didn't allow the creatures that he created to abuse him, spit on him, mock him, torture him, strip him naked, and hang him on a cross so we could just sit in church and feel comfortable. There needs to be some production. God saved you for a purpose. If, if you've done everything God wants you to do, you'll you be in heaven by now. There's a purpose to your life being here, but it's unproductive in the boat. Fourth reason, you're rendered helpless in the boat. Listen to what happens to boat folk when the waves come. Can't outrun it. Can't outrun it. I asked, I asked the, uh, one of the people on the cruise ship last cruise I was on, I said, you know, this hurricanes. Because here, here's the way smart people go on a cruise. You go on a cruise during hurricane season. Because the rates are one-third what they are in non-hurricane season. Well, you're like, well, I don't know if I want to be out there in a hurricane. Well, pay the big money. If you, if you really don't want to go out there and you want to go on a Disney cruise. Because you can go Carnival for $129 or you can go Disney for four grand. I mean, that's just the difference. Uh, check it out. You'll find out I'm telling the truth. But here's what they told me. We've been doing this long enough. We know how to we know how to steer around the hurricane. I'm like, you gonna drive around a hurricane in this in this big boat? They sure do. They're out there in every hurricane. Those cruise ships are out there in the middle of hurricanes, and and they 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 just they just steer around them. They just move around them because they got big engines. Well, the engine that these people were the in wasn't in existence. It was a boat that was helpless. It was rendered helpless, and your life. When you are in the boat of churchism, when you're in the boat of religion, when you're in the boat of Phariseeism, when you're in the guilt-ridden boat, you are rendered helpless when the storms come. You don't have power to drive away from the storm. You don't have power to drive through the storm. You don't have power to overcome anything. What's the Bible say? If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is what? Small. If you faint in the day of the why? These people in the boat, they don't have strength. They can't overcome anything. So when the waves come, they're just holding on for Jesus. Listen, if I ask one more person, how you doing today? Well, I'm holding on, Reverend. Holding on? Jesus didn't die on the cross so you could hold on. You should be advancing. You, sh you should be dominating. He told us to go, go and, 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 and just dominate everything, have dominion over everything. Boat people, they're just helpless. They're in a boat full of people being tossed around, banging into each other. That's why so many people, well, I got hurt in my last church. Well, bless your heart. <laughs> Amen. I got hurt falling down a waterfall. I didn't blame it on God. But I got hurt in my last church. I, I'm, pray for me, Pastor. I'm, I'm just dealing with some church hurt. Church never hurt you. The church is perfect. The church is holy. The church is spotless and without wrinkle, without blemish. The church is the bride of Christ. It had been sanctified by the blood of Christ. The church is the body of Christ, and he's the head that has perfected us. We are clean by the word he has spoken over. The church didn't hurt you. Some preacher might have hurt you. He wasn't representing God when he was there. Some, some church member, why? Because all these guilt-ridden boat folk just sitting there doing nothing, banging in each other, clanging each other, heads clacking on each other. Yeah, there's a lot of pain when, when you're stuck, rendered helpless in that boat. Fifth, last reason why you should get out of the boat. This is the best one. That's where Jesus is. Get out of the boat. Get on the water because that's where Jesus is. 
And sometimes, I'm going to tell you this, God will send a storm your way just to see if you'll hold on to your dead religion or if you'll get out of that boat that you've been in and you'll move toward Jesus. Pastor Scott, I just don't understand. I don't understand why I keep going. He says, I'm trying, I'm trying. Listen, I'm going to save you some trouble. I'm going to save you an hour and a half of counseling time. Save myself an hour and a half of counseling time. You come to my office, and you're welcome. Call the church schedule. I'll meet with you. But if you come in, Pastor, I'm just doing everything I can, and nothing's working out. I'm just, I just, I'm just heart sick. I just don't know what to do next. The first question I'm going to ask you, and if you've been around long enough, you know, what's the first question I'm going to ask them? You've been reading your Bible? And they're going to give me the same answer I've been hearing for over 30 years. What are they going to say? What? what? Not as much as I should. Listen, if you're not reading the Bible as much as you should, if you know it's not enough, what do you think God thinks about it? Not as much. And, and I, don't, I ain't going to let you off the hook that easy. I'm just going to save you this hour and a half of counseling because I'm going to ask you, how many days a week in a seven-day week are you reading the Bible? And when you tell me two to three, I'm going to look at you and I'm going to chuckle. And I'm going to say, you're doing everything you can for God? He gave you one book to read and you look at it twice or in a week? Do you use the bathroom twice a week? Well, you know, I've been busy and it's been playing catch up and I got this new job. And I've never heard him. And some of y'all know where I'm about to go and you don't want me to, but I'm going to go there anyway. I've never heard anybody tell me that there's somebody. Because this is what I'm asking. I'm going to just say this right here in front of you. I, I will ask you, when you're that busy, that you can't read your word, you can't pray, you can't spend time alone with God, you can't stop and share your faith and help your fellow man. When, when you're that busy, let me just ask you this. When you take a dump at your house, do you take time to pull down some toilet paper and wipe your behind? Well, that's kind of personal, isn't it? It's kind of personal. But I, you said you were busy. You're too busy to read the Bible. I'm sure you just, you know, just get it out, pull your pants up, and keep going. No, you don't. Oh, well, you're so busy. Well, I've been so busy, Pastor Scott. You know, I just really hadn't, hadn't been able to come to church as much as I would like to because I've been busy. You know, my schedule's been this and this. And, well, let me ask you this. When you drag that toothbrush across your mouth and you get that toothpaste on your face and you're thinking, oh, I'm busy. You know, I got this. this. Do, do you wash, rinse that toothpaste out of your mouth or do you just go to work with a toothpaste all over you? No, you take time to rinse your mouth out, don't you? Take time to wipe your behind, don't you? Don't, don't, don't come with me with these lame excuses while I've been busy in my schedule because here's what we do. We do what we value. Well, Pastor Scott, that's ridiculous. I couldn't leave my house not wiping my behind after I just did my bit. But you can leave your house without reading God's word? Where's the value in this? God said he's exalted his word above his name. You ain't going to walk by the Bible and look at it? Mm. We got we to gotta move forward in Christ. We, we, listen, the, Jesus didn't die for us just, 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 to, just to be out there sitting in a boat doing nothing. He, he, he sent his spirit to, he said, I've been with you, but when I go to my father, I send my spirit, and he will not only be with you, but he'll be inside you, and you'll have power. Then you'll be able to do what I've called you to do. Let me give you some rewards for getting out of the boat, and we'll get out of here. Number one. If you're writing, write this down. Or if you're not, just think about it. You get to be delivered from being normal. 
You get to be delivered. See, just that's just obeying God thing. Uh, you get to be delivered from being normal. And I want to tell you something. Normal stinks. If that's what you want written on your tombstone, here lies Sister Jones. She was normal. Normal by whose standards? Republicans? Normal by whose standards? Democrats? Normal by whose standards? Lost people? Normal. Listen, I, you better not ever say, and I, you ain't going to say it about me. Well, you know, pastor's gone, but he was normal. I don't want to be normal. I want to be supernatural. I, I want to be different. Uh, God put me on this planet to rattle you and to drive religion out of you. God put me on this, on this planet to beat on your theological pet peeve so you'll have to come to wrestle with the Scripture yourself and find out what you truly believe and what the Bible says. I don't want normal to be my legacy, and some of y'all need to shake out of normal and get into supernatural. If you're comfortable being normal, Jesus didn't die for us to be normal. Listen, every person who truly got saved, I told you all my testimony. When I got saved, uh, and Dina can be my witness, my mother called the church I was going to. Hillcrest Baptist Church on the corner of Plymouth and LaBelle, right off Cassett Avenue. And she said, what have y'all done to my son? Y'all are brainwashing people. Nobody talks about God this much. Nobody goes to church that much. What have y'all done to my son? And the hilarious thing was, I was fresh out of jail. I was selling drugs. I was on alcohol. My mama couldn't stand. My mama had begged me for years to move out. Please, son, you're driving me crazy. I can't take you no more. I don't want you living here. I fall in love with Jesus. I start playing Christian music in the house, reading my Bible all the time. And she's like, oh, he's in a cult. Listen, if you have not been accused of being brainwashed for God. If you have not been accused of having cult-like, over-the-top behavior, if somebody hadn't told you it don't take all that much and you don't have to go through all that to be really saved, you better check your salvation. Because when people get saved, that's the first thing people start saying about them. Mm. He's gone off the deep end. All he talks about is God. That's how life ought to be. You think Jesus died on the cross so we could spend time talking about sports and buy one, get one at the grocery store? Man, you ought to be so fired up. Listen, don't let these boat folks steal your fire. Don't let them calm you down and sit you down. If you're fired up for God, you stay fired up for God. You get to be delivered from being normal. Jesus wants us to live life on a different level. It's not... We should stop seeing fired up people. They shouldn't be the ones we notice. We should notice non-fired up people. If everybody in this room was super excited for God, we wouldn't be able to look at somebody and say, oh, man, she's really on fire for God. He's really on fire for God. No, because we'd be that. We'd be noticing the ones that weren't. And we could be an example for them of what really salvation looks like. Second reward for getting out of the boat. <laughs> Here's one you might not understand. You get to be persecuted by boat folk. Woohoo! Yay! Persecution! Don't you love it? No. No. You think I love hearing all the bad things y'all say about me behind my back? I already told y'all, I got Abishai and Hushai out there listening to that foolishness, bringing it back to me. Well, Pastor Scott, pray for, you know, Sister So-and-so. She called and said, blah, 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 blah. I said, well, ain't she the devil? Hey, if the shoe fits, put it in your mouth and chew on it. But if you ever start living for God for real, you will get 
the reward of persecution by boat folk. What did the Apostle Paul say? He said, if you don't suffer with him, you can't reign with him. The Apostle Paul said, I reckon that the suffering in this life are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in the next life. What, what did Paul tell Timothy? He, he said, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall have all their bills paid, fat money in the bank, grow a mega church, and all the people will love them. And they'll be on board of directors with the city government, and all the power players will call them super wonderful. Not what he said. See, but and if you watch TV preaching, if you listen to these liars on TV and the radio who just want your money, if you listen to that, they're going to convince you, God about to come through for you. Late in the midnight hour, God going to turn it around. God going to work in your, you might be the janitor now, but God going to raise you up to be the CEO. Oa is not a letter, by the way. Why can't you just be a saved janitor? That's beneath God's people? Why, why, why can't you just be a saved school teacher? Why can't you just be saved in whatever you do? Because the God I serve, Pastor, he's going to give me favor. He's going to give me double for my trouble. Well, he gave the Apostle Peter double for his trouble. Double persecution, double pain. I just wish, I wish TV preachers could have been there at the persecution of the Apostle Peter, the man God used to preach Pentecost with 3,000 souls, got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And just months later, just years later, they're crucifying this man upside down. Because I know the mega church preacher, they're holding Mrs. Peter's hand. And they're like, right now I need you to agree with me by faith. Touch and agree, touch and agree, touch and agree. Listen, that doesn't literally mean touch someone. When it, when it says, if any two will agree, as touching, that word means concerning. Okay? Study your Bible. But touch and agree, sister. Touch, I, right now, right, right now, he's, they're, they're walking him out, sister. I, right now, I need you to exercise your faith. I want you to sow a seed of faith. You need to write a check for $1,000 right now. You write a check to my ministry for $1,000. Step out on your faith right now. Miss Peter, she's writing that check. Just like all the little women watching these mega church preachers sending their money. Spend 29 minutes of a 30-minute show begging for money so they can stay on there and beg for more money. Listen, that megachurch preacher would have been telling her, God, God is not going to let your man die. He's too holy. God loves him. It's the man of God and the holy God. And, and, and then as, as they hang him upside down, he's still hyping her up and he's still pumping her up. And he's still telling her, he shall live and not die. And as, as they're dragging his dead body off the cross, he, he's, he's just telling her, you need to sow another seed of faith. Your faith not strong enough. Come on and exercise it. And then, then when she buries him, she quits that church and goes somewhere else. One of the largest churches in America with their associate pastor quit uh, and is a prosperity church and he said he couldn't take it anymore after 13 years of watching the whole church body roll over every six months and hyping them up and dragging money out of them and promising them that they were all going to be rich just like the pilot, the, the jet flying preacher, the $5,000 suit wearing preacher. And then when it didn't work for them, they went somewhere else. But I'm thinking, well, you played that game for 13 years. You were okay with it then. What do they do, cut your paycheck off? That's a different story for a different crowd. Let me keep going, get you out of here. If you ever become a water walker, this is guaranteed. You are going to be persecuted. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, not might. If you're not suffering anything for your faith, Pastor God, I just, I'm trying to be a good Christian, but my friend, 
They made fun of me at work. Well, bless your heart. Ain't you just persecuted? You need to stop by that map in the back, that, that black and white map in the back, and you need to look at all the places uh, around the world where they're still beheading people just for going to a Christian church. Well, I just feel like I'm being persecuted for my faith. I got a ticket all the way to church. It's just I'm being persecuted. You were driving 85 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone. Leave for church on time. We got the wrong idea about this. I want you to understand, persecution is a badge of honor. Persecution by boat folk is a badge of honor. When everybody starts talking about you, oh, there she goes again. Oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead and tell us about how good God is in your life again. When you start irritating people because you love God so much that it shines in, in their eyes and blinds them, you're going to know, oh, man, I am getting out of this boat. Third reward for getting out of the boat. This is a long one. You write this down, you're good. You get to leave the dull, boring, guilt-ridden, unproductive, helpless boat and the carnal boat folk behind. You get to tell them however you want to tell them. You, you, you want to get extra with it? You can tell them deuces. You want to get real extra with it? You can tell them kick rocks and flip-flops. You, you want to get old school with it? You can tell them I'm Audi 500. Whatever you want to tell them. But you get to leave that normal, dull, boring, guilt-ridden, carnal bunch of people in your rearview mirror. I came to prophesy to you today and tell you, if you had not listened to anything, hear this. You need to break off some relationships right now. You need to break from some people. You need to get off that dull row you've been sitting in and people dragging you down. You need to let your gossiping buddy go. You quit being a gossiping buddy to that person. You need to eradicate some people out of your life. If they don't mean you no good in Jesus, they don't mean you no good. And you need to choose. God said he will put a curse on people that refuse to call holy, holy. He said if you call the unholy, holy, that there is a curse upon you. you got to draw a difference between the holy and the unholy. Hear me good. If you're the holiest person in your circle of friends, you need a new circle. If you're the most fired up person in your circle of friends, you need some more new friends. You got to get around some people that are where you are trying to go. Man, you get out of that boat, you get to leave all those haters behind. Fourth thing, you get to fail. Woo! Failure! Hot dog! That's almost as good as persecution. You get to fail. Here's what keeps most people from trying anything. Scared to fail. Let me remind you this. Most times, failing is not final. Most times, failing is part of your process to succeed. I love uh, that Michael Jordan commercial. Every time I tell that Michael Jordan story to, to Jacob uh, when he was playing sports, I'd, I'd always try to encourage him with that Michael. And he'd say, Dad, I don't need that story. That's, that's, that story's for people who aren't athletes. That's, every person that stinks at sports heard that story a thousand times. Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team. Michael Jordan went on to do a commercial that talked about how many hundreds of times he took the game-winning shot, and you know the majority of those times he missed? Didn't stop him from being widely known as the greatest basketball player of all time. Failure is part of the process. you got to fall down and skin your knees. The Bible doesn't look – see, people, if you really tried something, let's say Eric just – Jumps out of the boat, gets fired up for God. He's walking on the water, and he has a massive failure. Here's what all these boat folk are going to say about you. I knew it was going to happen. 
he was, oh, he, I, he was holy. He was holy. He was all God Jesus. See, now look at him. Uh, and they, 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 they're going to be glad at your demise. They're going to persecute you, and they're going to see your failure as final. What they really want is you just to get back on that road with them, make them feel comfortable. But the reality is that church people look at moral failure. Oh, well, pray for sister so-and-so. She had a moral failure. They look at moral failure as some horrible thing. Listen to what the Bible says. A righteous person falls six, even seven times. Righteous people fall. You can't fall six times unless you keep getting up. Failure doesn't make you unholy. Staying down makes you unholy. Failing in God doesn't make you unrighteous. It gives you the opportunity to get back up and learn from your Listen, your test is for your testimony. And you can let it make you bitter or you can let it make you better. But the question is, when you fail doing something for God, are you going to get back up? Some of y'all used to do more for God than you do now. But a little bit of failure happened. Well, you know, I'm not. Pastor, pray for me. I'm just not ready to get back out there publicly yet. Why? Well, because people know what I did. So what? Take out a news ad. Put it on a billboard. I, I tell y'all all the time, you don't, don't pedestal me. I got my own issues. Ain't nobody perfect but Jesus. All the rest of us, we fall down and we get back up. You, you are not a failure because you fail. You fail if you fail to keep going. Fail, failing is a part of the process of getting better. Last reward for getting out of the boat. You get to walk on water with the Lord. Would you, would you even want to do that? If you're saved, let me promise you this. If you're saved, you want to be where Jesus is. And you keep telling yourself you're going to do it. If you're saved, you want to be fire baptized. You want to be, you want to be a Bible-toting, Scripture-quoting, demon-chasing, kingdom-raising. You want to be the, the hands and feet of Christ. You want to be the bearer of the presence of God. You want all of that. But you got to strip away you to get to that. That's why I, I love it when I get these I know I'm saved moments. You, you, thank God. Go, go into hallelujah. Give extra offering when you have a I know I'm saved moment. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Man, there's times where stuff will happen to me and I'll just react wrong and I'll have to repent and think, oh, Lord. That, did, that didn't look very pastoral. That didn't even look Christian. But there's other times where something will happen to me and I'll do exactly what God would have me to do. I shared a moment like that with Keon uh, just the other day. You remember what I was talking about, Elder? Uh, and and I, I, you encouraged me because you told me you were proud that I let God take control of that and I didn't just default to me. And that's one of those moments where I give God thanks because here's, here's the reality. If you slap me in my face, have quick hands. Because I grew up boxing. Have quick hands. If you slap me in my face, have quick hands because I got a natural reaction counterpunch. Uh, but that's me. And I, and, and, and I don't want people to see me. That's why I tell you, when you say, Pastor, I had to give some people a piece of my mind on the job the other day. The world doesn't need a piece of your mind. And they don't need my counterpunch. They don't need to see more of us. They need to see more of him. And if, if you are saved you want those moments man I was so excited here recently somebody was so out of control and I, I just maintained I just stayed on the Lord and I just continued to love them 
and, and, and share Christ with them. And it finally broke, and God got the glory. And, and I left away from there, and I thought, man, I know I'm saved for real. And I know I'm walking with God today because if that had happened on a different time and a different day, it would went different. How, how, how many of y'all know when, when you get saved for real, some stuff goes different? You, you ever had that feeling where you're like, boy, you better be glad. Girl, you better be glad I'm saved for real because I'd be snatching your wig loose right now. I'm stabbing you. Man, if you're saved at all, you want to be that water walker. You want to be filled with God's presence. You want to be the, the bearer of the Spirit of God everywhere you go. Man, the biggest reward for getting out of the boat is you get to walk on the water with Jesus. Side by side. Feeling his power. Experiencing life on a new level. Nobody ever walked on water. Peter was a fisherman. He'd been on water his whole life. He never walked on it. He never thought about, let me just do this. Let me just step out of this. Let me tell you what happens. You cannot step out of a boat. Without supernatural, the Bible says he stepped out of the boat. You can't step out of a boat without supernatural Holy Ghost power. Because when you put this leg over, you're not stepping anymore. You're falling. As soon as the sole of that foot hits the water, you didn't step onto the water. You fell onto the water. He had never even imagined stepping out of a boat onto the water. But he got to experience something new because God was there. If you're saved, you believe God is on the inside of you. How much power do you have? The sad reality is the average Christian in the average church doesn't have enough Holy Ghost power to blow their own nose. We should be changing this world. We should be changing this world. We shouldn't be sitting down. And I'm guilty of it. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't be sitting back knowing that tomorrow night a bunch of paid rioters are going to light Minneapolis on fire and burn Minneapolis to the ground. What we should be doing is having faith in God and praying for the Holy Spirit to fall down. And listen, hear this about right. It's not the people that live there that's doing this. Well, I just don't understand why they just burn their own city to the ground. These are paid insurgents coming from outside the city, paid money to go in there and create havoc and wreak trouble and, and do dirt. See, protesting is good. And if protesters left alone to protest, we, we could advance some, some justice in this country. But when they pay rioters to come in there and, and start breaking windows out, hey, because then Billy Ray and Jamal are both going to say, they're taking TVs out of Target, I'm going to give me one too. Listen, if we would begin to be the people God wants us to be, we could pray away some of this stuff. We, 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 we could call down power from God on some of this stuff. If you study revival, study, I, I know Stacy studied revival movements. It, it, we talked about, if you study revival, you find out there were cities, even in America, when God's spirit was moving so big, they shut bars down and people were getting saved. They had people fainting in restaurants just walking by men and women of God because the power of God was so strong on their life. They had people just walking up to saints crying, how can I have real salvation? Where are those days? Well, Pastor Scott, it's a new day. It's the same God. We're just not walking on the water with him. And Peter got to feel something that you ought to want to feel. He got to feel life on a bigger level. He got to do some things he couldn't do on 
his own. Let me tell you this, and I'll get out of here. If you can explain everything that's happening in your life, it ain't God. If your goals are so small that you can accomplish them, that ain't God. You, 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 you need to live life on such a level. Listen, there's nobody in their right mind that should believe. How, how much money are we giving away on this food? A month? A year? A quarter? What's the number? Fifty thousand a week. We don't take in a fraction of that. You think we've ever seen fifty thousand? We've never seen half that come in in a week. We don't see a quarter of that come in a week. We're excited if we see ten percent of that come in in a week. We're giving away fifty thousand dollars worth of groceries every week after week after week after week. 2,000 people. We got 100 people here today. We, we got 2,000 people got fed out of here yesterday. It doesn't make sense. And I'm going to tell you something. You start walking on water, God's going to give you power to do things that don't make sense. You're going to stop wondering when God's going to hear your prayers. And you're going to start seeing miracles happen in your own family. Here, it's God's plan. And I'm not upset. I'm believing God for all of your family members. But let me tell you what God's plan is. You repent and be baptized, you will be saved, and your house. I'm telling you about my own story. I got saved. God changed my life. It wasn't long after that, my sister came and got saved. It wasn't long after that, mom got saved. Isn't that right? It wasn't long after that, my brother, everybody in our house got saved. Why? Because we were walking on water. We weren't sitting down watching 50 hours of television every week. We had Bibles in our hand. We had knees bent and hands raised. And if the church would start being the church, we could change this world. And they wouldn't be worried about protesters and rioters. They'd be worried about them Christians coming this way. Oh, it's time. It's time. People make too much out of the wrong thing. They make too much out of the road. They look at Peter and they say, well, look at what the Lord said. Oh, ye of little faith. Peter got told. Yeah, Peter got told. But what do you think he told them other people in that boat? Oh, y'all coward. Y'all didn't get out there. They're like, ah, <laughs> you've sunk, didn't you? Not them first few steps, baby. I was cruising. And, and, and you're out there with the Lord. And when you fail and you're close to God, guess what God does? He just reach out and pick you right back up. I want you to live that kind of life. If you're here and you call yourself a Christian, it's time for you to stop being normal. It's time for you to stop being churchy. It's time for you to start being a supernatural water walker. Some of you have been sitting in the boat for too long. God wants to use you. God gave you gifts and he gave you talents. Not just so you could walk around acting all special. He gave you gifts and talents so you could use them. God let you get money in your bank account this week. Not so you could be rich. God don't bless us for us. God bless us to be a blessing. If you're just getting rich to gather stuff, you got it all twisted. God blesses us. He's blessed you with talent. He's blessed you with opportunities. He's blessed you with gifts so you could use those for his glory. When you're going to get out of the boat and start walking on the water. I'm going to close with the first two words I've been telling you all year. It's time. It's time, sir, ma'am, young person, it's time. You've been talking about needing to get right with God for a long time. Some of y'all know. 
God has anointed you and gifted you to preach and to teach. And you're not preaching and teaching. It's time. Some of y'all know God has anointed you to witness and share your faith. And you ain't been leading nobody to Christ. It's time. Some of y'all know you ain't been paying a tithe, giving the offering. It's time. It's time for every true Christian to get on the Lord's side. Oh, if I wanted to get all Moses on y'all, I'd just draw a line in the middle of the I had a preacher do it one time. He said the line is in the middle of this church. He said everybody that's ready to follow God with all their heart, soul. He said this ain't for everybody. And, and, and he made everybody move to that side of the church. He said, I put everybody on the side of the church. He didn't want nobody staying. He said, if you really want to get fired up for God, you really want to be all that God wants you to be, I want you, just like my draw a line and say, who's on the Lord's side? So I want to ask you this morning, whose side are you leaning on? Are you ready to be who God called you to be? Or you just want to sit in your row in the boat and be unproductive, guilt-ridden, and normal? My prayer for you today is that you fall in love with Jesus and let him be the master of your sea. Let him be the keeper of the storm. Let him show you how powerful he is. Because even if you fail, even if you fall, he'll pick you back up and he'll be holding on to you. And that's what Paul said he wanted more than anything. He said, I want to lay hold on the one who's laid hold on me. If you're saved, God grabbed you. He picked you up out of your mess and your situation. He cleaned you up and set you on a rock. He's got a hold on you. Jesus said that you're in his hand and his hand is in the Father's hand and the Father's hand is wrapped up in the Holy Ghost and and, and nobody can pluck you out of his hand but my question is are you holding on to him? It's time church. It's time. If you've ever been closer to God than you are right now you've slidden back and I want to give everybody permission this morning to slide forward. Too much backsliding in the kingdom. Time for some front sliding. I'm not going to have a big invitation call you down and make you lift your hands and hold hands in the front today. I don't feel led to do that. You don't need to make an emotional show of it. You can make a commitment to God right now in your chair that says, God, I'm going to get out of this boat of doing nothing. And I'm going to go wide open for you, whatever that means. Well, what if he sends me to some faraway place? Go. What if he makes me do something I'm uncomfortable with? Do it. Life for saved people should not be normal. It should not be explainable. And it should not be boring. So let's get on with it. It's time. If you're here and you're not saved, you don't need to shake my hand. You don't need to pray no prayer with me. You could if you wanted to. But if you just want real salvation, you can ask God to save you right where you sit. The Bible said if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you will be saved. If you believe that Jesus was a man, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, this payment for your sin, and rose on the third day according to the scriptures, and you will ask God to save you, the Bible says he will. Some of y'all have done that once, twice, more times, and it didn't work for you. The scripture says when you search for him with your whole heart, then you will find him. Let's get busy about doing our father's business. Our time is running out. Let's get out of the boat, and let's get on the water pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the example of your son. Thank you for the example of the apostles, God. Thank you for the Holy Scripture. God, I pray today that you will touch the heart of every true believer in this room and that you will encourage us, motivate us, fill us with the Holy Ghost, empower us to go out and to represent you properly. 
fill us, God. Empower us with dunamis power, God, dynamite power. Let us live an abundant life. Shake us out of the doldrums, God. Get us out of gonna-do land and motivate us to being your representatives everywhere you go. Thank you, God, for salvation. Thank you for healing. Thank you for deliverance. God, I pray for every lost person in the room that you would draw them. You've told us that they can't come unless you draw them. So I pray by your spirit, God, you would move on the hearts of unsaved people today and draw them to true salvation. Lord, I pray for that one who's hurting, God, that they want to do better. Lord, I pray that you would let them walk in forgiveness today. Let them put their past in their past and move forward into their destiny. We love you. We choose you today, God. Thank you for forgiveness, God. Thank you for always allowing us to come back to you, God. I pray that there'll be a coming back to righteousness in this church, God. I pray they'll be coming back to holiness, God. I pray they'll be coming back to servitude, Christian service, coming back to soul winning, God. Give us wisdom. Show us what you would have us do and give us the power to do it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.